we always like to keep things in balance and at least you're getting that. So we're going to get some expansion and that's, that's why the roaring, the roaring twenties part two is going to happen in 2023. And now for something completely different. Welcome to surrounded by idiots radio podcast. Once again, from the deserts of southwestern United States, uh, beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, to the wide open expanses of wherever you happen to be, welcome. This is Tony Dufresne, PhD, your host. This is the Surrounded by Idiots radio podcast, and that name is as apropos as it has ever been. (laughs) Hope things are well with you. Hope your uh, social, I should say your physical distancing is going okay, because as you have known or as you have realized that it's not about social distancing, we've actually found really good ways of reconnecting with people over Zoom or uh, doing whatever we can to be able to uh, be a part of their lives without having to physically be with them in close proximity. So I, I welcome you. I hope your coping mechanism is working out well. If you are out of booze, uh, hopefully there's, uh, I think there's a few more minutes left for you to run out and get some. So over the past couple of weeks, I've been talking about this stuff, right? This topical coronavirus COVID stuff, how people are handling it, how to handle it, how to best how to best deal with it yourself. What if I told you that history right now is repeating itself almost exactly, I mean eerily exactly, and it's providing answers to how uh, not only we can cope currently with what's going on, but how we can understand what's going to happen after, like right after, and then we can find a way to bring about change more quickly as it goes past that because as it stands now we are in the midst of reliving exactly 1918 to 1923 and here's what happened then the economic conditions and the cultural shifts during that time of the spanish flu were extremely similar to right now and included not only a pandemic but a recession two depressions and an expansive renaissance period known as the Roaring Twenties. So the Spanish flu hit between 1918 and 1920, give or take. 50 million people died towards the beginning of 1918. Spanish flu starts, and it started in Kansas in an, on an army base. And, and at that time, it was passed off as the traditional flu. Not only did they not know what it was, but they also didn't want to jump to conclusions and shock everybody at the same time. But this thing started spreading and spreading and spreading. And there were some people, some doctors and some health people who wanted to get the word out to start warning people that this is a different thing. This is a different gig than what they're used to. Now, the problem is a year earlier, President Woodrow Wilson rammed through the Sedition Act through Congress. And what this did was it made it a crime to say or publish anything negative that would impact the war effort. So basically it was a gag order against anything bad that was going on because they didn't want morale to go down during World War One. So basically with all of this happening, it spread really quickly. It was very deadly. The warnings were late. Some government officials downplayed the impact so as to not hurt their political position or chances of re-election because God knows they didn't want things to shut down to where everybody would have economic issues and then blame them for the economic issues and they wouldn't get reelected. Sound familiar? So towards November of 1918, at the end of that year, when the flu started its big spread, the armistice was signed. 
the war ended. World War I ended November 1918, and all the boys started coming home. Now, at that time, the recession hit. 1919 comes around, and the 19th Amendment was passed, and that was the amendment that gave women the right to vote. Shockingly, it wasn't until 1919 that they had the amendment for women having the right to vote, but that's a whole other thing. Things are a little dicey still because you have that recession officially went until March of 1919, so it's still happening. So things are slugging along. Everybody's trying to kind of get back into it, and they're still, mind you, they're still dealing with the Spanish flu. Then 1920 rolls around, so now we're two years into this whole Spanish flu Boys come home. Women get the right to vote. So a lot of things are happening. Two years into it, 1920. Things are trying to get back to normal. And what happens? A depression hits. It hits. It starts in January of 1920. And it goes to July of 1921. So it goes a year and a half of a depre- of a, like a legit depression, which a lot of people pass over. They think the Roaring Twenties happened and everything was great. And then the, the, then the Great Depression happened in... 1929, which is actually true, but there was a little depression at the beginning of the 20s because of all this stuff happening at the same time with the flu and the guys coming back and women getting the right to vote and it changing the structure of the economy. Now, interestingly enough, at the same time all of that was happening, you had technological and cultural innovations because it's really strange. If you look back in history, it seems as though Big nodal crises that happen in the world are typically bookended at the same time by a lot of expansion. And it's a lot of expansion into either cultural or somewhat technological machinery-ish. They had the same thing during the Industrial Revolution as well. So what what was happening is, is that they're going through a depression, but at the same time, you're getting innovations like the assembly line. Radios are now becoming mass-produced. The invention of TV happened. Now, TV is not going to be in a lot of places until like the 40s, but it but it was invented during that period of time. And also cinema and movies, they were starting to become more available. They were they were more mainstream. There were more movies available. Now, what this all means is that at that time, after they got out of the flu, after the after everybody came back from World War 1 and that was over, people now started listening to the same music, watching the same things, and they began to have a shared cultural experience. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it's called the internet. It's the same thing. The internet's on a global scale and more in-depth, but that's exactly what's going on. It's the same thing. Now, I know the internet started happening a while ago, but you're looking at the power of the internet, both positive and negative, And how that has related to how we're dealing with this whole virus issue. Now, what happened in August 1921 and going into 1922 and 23 was called the Roaring Twenties. The Roaring Twenties was a time between, say, 1923 and 1929, an all-out crazy spending spree. The economy actually grew by 42%, which is astounding. And also, there was more of a, I don't care anymore, or a laissez-faire, or a nihilistic type of an attitude that came about because there were so many people that had died with the flu. There were so many people that had died in the war. Basically, people were questioning their mortality and saying, you know, there's no guarantees here. If if I save money to retire when I'm 60-some-odd years old, I may not even see 
being 60 some odd years old. So I might as well just go out and make it happen. And it's also a typical overreaction of the human psyche because we have, they had, and they had stay at homes, they had quarantines, things were shut down, things were terrible. It was a depression. Then there was optimism, which is one of the frailties of the human condition is the fact that we tend to overreact. And with our overreaction goes the economy and goes culture. And you're seeing that right now. Now, the problem with all of that swinging wildly from one to the other is the fact that ultimately it's going to have to readjust and swing wildly back. Of course, what happens in 1929? The stock market crashes because it was up artificially and it brought everybody in and everybody put their money in there thinking they were going to get rich like everybody else and then they crashed. Which, again, just exposes the absolute truth about our lives and about people and societies and cultures in our lives. They are based on emotional, reactional thinking most of the time. And then it brings about a number of lessons. Now, as Jeremy Brown, the author of Influenza, which is one of the preeminent books on the Spanish flu, Jeremy says the biggest lesson from the 1918 pandemic is clearly to tell the truth. Again, does that sound familiar in terms of right now? Instead of denying it or minimizing things, just tell the truth. Just, And that goes right into the most effective things that happen in regards to quarantine during the Spanish flu. The cities that took the quickest and the most stringent or decisive action in terms of the, uh, the isolation and the quarantine during the Spanish flu actually had less fatalities. And they bounced back economically faster than the cities that didn't. And they also had cities, surprisingly, that did that. And then they got impatient. And then they opened up again. And the Spanish flu had two seasons. And the second season was in the fall. And it was like 14 or 15 weeks. And those were the most devastating of them all. So it was that second round that came in after the summer when everybody thought it was okay to go out and just wiped out a number of cities. Uh, that had actually had good isolation policies and then everybody got impatient and then let them everybody go. I think the second thing to take from this is that power is intoxicating and can lead so-called leaders to manipulate the masses for their own good. And all that is, is you can be a good leader or you can be a manipulative leader, but it's the, it comes down to the responsibility of the people to either see it or not. I mean, if the emperor is walking around with his junk out and he doesn't have anything on, then you got to be the kid saying, that dude is naked. That's all there is to it. And there's a lot of people screaming and yelling about that. But the problem is, is that the bell curve is in full force right now. If you don't know what that is, take a look. The bell curve is how life is, period. It's a definition of how everything works. And you've got the 5% of morons on this side that are getting the media attention and that are doing crazy ass stuff to put everybody else in jeopardy. And the fact of the matter is there will always be 5% morons. The problem before is we didn't put cameras on them and make them and make them sensationalized because now you have to just go to the next level and you have to get crazier and crazier and crazier for anybody to watch your show because there's a million shows out there. So they're putting cameras on these people and what and what a lot of people at home are doing, especially these people that are not so developed in regards to being able to calmly process things and they're more reactive, they're seeing these people and then they're starting to think, oh, wait a minute, maybe something else is going on. And then this conspiracy theories start. And that's why we're having a harder time with all that stuff now than when we did before. Because before, we didn't sit there and put every media outlet on them and they weren't on every single news feed 
So it's up to us to be able to call bullshit on that stuff and just not worry about it. Another thing that I made mention of it, a nodal event or a big crisis like this, a big game changer like this, especially from a global standpoint, is often associated with big expansions in other areas. And so it's almost like it's a it's a counterbalance between the terrible and the great. And you can see that in a lot of things. As a matter of fact, a really good friend of mine had a blog post uh, on her thing about understanding the terrible things that are happening now. But But seeing people appreciate things more or seeing friends, nurse friends of hers on the front lines doing amazing work and being so proud of them. And so that does happen. It's it, it's it's almost, we always like to keep things in balance and at least you're getting that. So we're going to get some expansion and that's, that's why the roaring, the roaring twenties part two is going to happen in 2023. Cause here's the timeline that we're going to go through. We're going to go through our virus. Then that's going to calm down after the second wave. So I would say probably close to 2021 at the beginning. Then we're going to go through our recession, which we're starting to now. Then after that second wave, I think we're going to go through that depression that they went through back then. It may not be as extreme or maybe more of an elongated recession because our dynamics are obviously different. But still, we will. I think we will go through that. And then after that, you're going to see that response. You're going to see that roaring 20s expansive response because people emotionally overreact and they take everything with them including huge economic and cultural swing. So that is the history of it. I hope that provided some level of education and entertainment and gives you a better understanding of where, where we sit and where we can go. Well, actually, where we will go into the next uh, couple of years or so. I hope things are well. You can get a hold of me at Tony at Javaba.com. I'm still uh, giving my book away, my PDF free. I've gotten a lot of great responses, and thank you so much for writing in and also providing feedback on the book. I really appreciate that. I love the, the discussions back and forth. That's the value that I'm trying to provide and I'm trying to add to whomever out there would like to have that and, and join the discussion on that. So you can uh, go to Tony at Javaba.com and just ask me for my book, and I'll send it to you. You can go to javabud.com, J-A-V-A-B-U-D, for all the podcasts. On YouTube, it's The Java Bud for videos. You can also see this on the side if you want to. And any questions, comments, or concerns, get a hold of me at Tony at javabud.com. Hope things are well. I will see you next week. I'm to pretend I don't want to be alone. I'm calling all the